It's our happy hour Friday episode. Oh, man. It's Friday, guys. This is Tombstone Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss and what do we talk, talk about? about the movie Tombstone oh. minute by minute. Joe, this is an important minute. This is minute 30. We're a half hour. It's a milestone a episode. Hour. A milestone. And you know who else it's a milestone episode for? Our listeners. That they. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> Only 110 more. Um, in this minute, well, first off, introductions. I'm Rob, and I'm joined by Joe. Still my name. Still your name. Uh, minute 30 is uh, we see the conclusion of Mr. Fabian's speech and the beginning of uh, Faust. 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 Ugh! We just, you just corrected me before we went on air. It's it's quite an affliction to be dumb. It's, uh, it's a German uh, story by Goethe. Um, I'm not even going to, please don't try to say his name. I will not. Uh, so I think we need to talk about one of my favorite lines in this movie when you watch it dozens of times. Upon St. Crispin's Day! <laughs> yeah, just then he does a fist pump, right? He does do a fist pump at the conclusion of the speech. And Curly Bill, his excitement at the conclusion of the speech is great. He cheers, that's right, and he puts his arms up in the air like a child. He is so excited. I love that moment. Yeah, this in this scene, like after the theater sequence, Curly Bill is he's probably awesome, right? He's fantastic. <laughs> I've been I, I, I being the Curly Bill drum for so long. A threat cuz he can't hit anything with his gun. So like even if he gets super drunk and he gets mad at you, you don't really have anything to worry about. So at the end of the speech, people start shooting into the ceiling. Yeah, apparently that was a thing. Does Curly Bill shoot into the ceiling? Um, I, I don't think, think he so. does. No, he, Good thing, because I'm sure he would. He'd be worried about missing. He would have missed and killed Billy Zane's character. <laughs> um, man, or, I tell you what. Or the, his sister boy. This this week has been sure has been a zany week, huh, Joe? <sighs> you should be um, to yourself. <laughs> I also like in this moment during the speech they cut to Doc. And Doc is doing one of the things that he is great at. Do you know what that is? Pouring a drink. He's just pouring another drink. <laughs> and he looks weirdly like there's all these different strange like eyeline matches. What like they don't do the other half of the eyeline match. Yeah. So you're not totally sure what they're looking at and what's going on. It's edited in kind of like a subtly strange way. So like it looks like he's staring at Wyatt in a super weird way as he's pouring his drink. But then why would he be doing that? Why would Wyatt care that he's having another drink? I don't know. Also, what's interesting is we sort of learn more about Doc. He's educated. He's a doctor. Um, he a dentist, seems right? Real... Yeah. Well, he's got his... No, no. I'm just... I wanted yeah. to be dentist, specific. Correct. He just, remember he just left that dentist office? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, he seems bored. Doesn't he seem bored? He does. I I think that he's he seems to me like he's definitely an alcoholic and a gambling addict and I think he probably is I think he wants to get to the saloon. That's true. You're probably right there. Or or maybe he's I mean he's spent some time up. Maybe he's already seen this show. That could be. He's already seen the show. Maybe this, you know, I that said, Billy Zane does a fantastic job on this reading. Um so it kind of sounds like, uh, and I sort of put you on the spot 
yesterday, and I'm going to do it again. But the St. Crispin's Day speech is sort of like a um, a rousing speech you would give to troops to sort of, like, build up morale. Does that sound correct? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned about a, a listener fact-checking us on Shakespeare. And that's no disrespect to our listeners, but... I know they're far too busy to do that. Um, it's what it seems like to me. And it, it, it and that whole, like, upon St. Christmas Day, I just love it. I love it. I uh, After watching this minute and taking notes on it, I was running around my house yelling it uh, to my son, who's three. And he just kept saying, what would you say? What would you say? And I was like, upon St. Christmas Day. And my hope is that when he goes to preschool tomorrow, he yells it to his class. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. Um. And then we have the beginning of the next play. What is it called again, Joe? Faust. Faust. Um, do you, we have another. You, uh, did you? Were you in the class with me where we watched that? I was not. The Murnau version of it. No, the oh, F.W. Murnau version. Uh, it's a a German film from, I believe, the the twenties. Um, Twenty sounds right. It's German Impressionism era. Expressionism. Yeah. Impressionism. No, that's French. It's German Expressionism. Expressionism. Yeah. You're and, right. Uh, You're right. And uh, it is creepy. Uh, and I was mesmerized by it. Absolutely fantastic uh, film. Uh, just called Faust uh, by F.W. Murnau. Uh, so I, I think about that when I, I watch this scene. And um, I, I'm pretty, like, I, we spent a little time making fun of the uh, Sheriff Behan, when he's talking about, and so does Doc, you know, very cosmopolitan. But that is a pretty cosmopolitan theater setup they have there. There's, I counted six musicians in the orchestra pit. Yeah, but I mean, there's an orchestra pit alone. Yeah, plus, uh, plus all uh, these actors and stuff. Like, if you went to a show featuring that level of production values today, that would be pretty expensive. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I also love how um, someone yells, "Now what in the hell is this?" Which is funny. <laughs> Both because when I was when you're 13 or 10 or whatever, and you see this movie, you think the same thing, right? You're like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> um, and then I think our good friend, uh, former uh, uh, also Wisconsinite Billy Breckenridge, fills it in about essentially uh, Faust making a deal with the devil. Yes, uh, it's it's a really good uh, story, and obviously clearly meant to be some kind of like metaphor for uh, the rest of the film as well. Yeah, so that's what I want to talk about. This is the continued devil imagery that we see throughout this movie. Uh, I want to have a quick listener note, Joe. Um, earlier when we talk about this, this would have been uh, early moments in the film during our uh, the wonderful wedding at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, we made uh, some comments about Florentino, who is the translator who translated the uh, priest's uh, quotes. Uh-huh. A listener uh contacted me and pointed out that the mustache is probably a reference to uh canting floss which i'm sure i'm saying wrong but was a mexican comic film actor and had a very similar mustache oh. he's like the charlie chaplin of uh, mexico oh that's good to know yeah so he said that he's learned that you'll see that mustache in a lot of uh, mexican films which this certainly is not but yes it does add some context, although that would have been well after 1881 when this happened. But I'm sure other people had that mustache before then. Yes. Um, Joe, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go and dive into this if you'd like. This devil imagery. Who? 
who is the Faust character in this in this movie? Well, I mean, they clearly are are uh, kind of trying to like uh, we have all these various characters who resist temptation of some kind. And, well, not and Maddie. Maybe, yeah, well, <laughs> and they either just dive straight into it and sort of embrace their life of sin, and then you have others who who try to kind of turn their backs to it. Like I think Wyatt obviously tries to be a good husband is trying to leave sort of a life of violence behind, although he's doing that by being a dealer in a gambling saloon, so I don't really know how virtuous you could really call his life. Sure. And then whereas Doc is just totally hedonistic. Um, Who would be the Faustian character, right? Like the intellectual that sort of decides to just dive into that uh, lifestyle? Well, they like Johnny Ringo made, makes that comment like he's already he already made his deal with the devil. Um, yeah. I, I guess I I don't know like I I think that the this is an example where the film is gets a little too big for its britches <laughs> and isn't really able to tie all of this stuff together because like the the film ends with Wyatt Earp being completely and totally happy so like he gives in to temptation and he he grabs his gun again yeah he, he finds leaves a woman. his wife and he yep. goes with this actress and everything's great. So, so that's why I've always thought it was Doc who's that character. Yeah, I I suppose. But even him, like he out of all the characters in this film, like he's pretty much universally good. We he we have uh speaking of Doc, we have the line when he says to Kate, "Is your soul for sale?" I would say this is one of the two Doc lines in the movie that doesn't hit like it should. Yeah. The other one is also later on in the movie, which we'll point out with Kate. Um, not it's not bad. It's just that normally everything Doc says is is perfect, and um, it's not here. Um, we also see the special effects. Um, I love this little. This is how the minute ends essentially with that man oh, yeah. with that yellow jar shaking that like the the jar of yellow liquid in front of the light to kind I of believe create that's that. called whiskey. Okay, so that was my question. Is that is that what you thought that was in the bottle? I'm sure that it is, yeah. Is whiskey yellow? Whiskey's well, not when you yellow. shine a light through it, it is. <laughs> I suppose. So that, was, that was a question I was going to have for you is what was in that bottle. Because I was like, maybe it's pee. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's yellow. Hey, where's that piss bottle at? <laughs> Someone quick, piss in this jar. We got to make some yellow light. That's uh, when you bring that up. I, I'm like kind of watching Taboo right now, and there's a uh, there's kind of an episode where one of his problems is he needs gallons and gallons of piss to make something. Yeah, <laughs> make the light. That's how they did the lighting. Then yeah, uh, we can't put on this show without that bottle of piss. <laughs> He's just running around backstage trying to find trying someone to... <laughs> dehydrated enough. <laughs> Which I'm sure was not a problem. Yeah, with uh, so. <laughs> And then, like, that that whole, like, show seems like a lot of fun. Like, there's a waiter walking around with just a tray full of shots for everyone yes. to grab. Uh, even seasoned lawmen like the Earps uh, react to people firing guns at actors and props and in the ceiling as just an amusing sort of, like, uh, part of the show. Yeah, I mean, like, Time Machine, to go back to, like, 1881 and go to a show at that theater sounds like let's just say i think we would have a lot of fun 
I don't know because like <laughs> I go to a, like I'll, I'll go see a comedian or something. A person pulls out their cell phone during the show, and I'm like, "Rotten hell, you son of a bitch!" And then like uh, the <laughs> here they're just firing guns like at props and into the ceiling, and everyone thinks it's part of the grand old time. Uh, True, but a couple points here. I was reading about this theater. The shows would normally start around 10 at night and go until about 1 in the morning, and then they would keep the place open all night. Oh, man. So I kind of feel like it's built to be like you probably drink way too much, and then you end up buying some services from the waitresses. I, man. And I, that's, that's wild. That is a, you know what? That's the Wild West, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, it seems remarkable. I, you know, when we take our tour bus down to Tombstone, I feel like it won't quite be the same. No, I. And the best part would be like if we did go take a time machine, like be at, by the end of that show, like the women of the night would be soliciting you, and you just be like, uh, I don't know. Can you just where can I get a slice of pizza? I'm hungry. <laughs> I was thinking we'd be like we we would be like the the Billy Breckenridge character. We'd walk in like. Either be yelling at us, calling us sister boy and Billy Nilly. Yeah, we would be we would be sniffed out as frauds instantly. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I wonder if that's where the um, it's back to the wedding. If this is where they had their bachelor party at. <laughs> yeah, could be, it could be. Like Curly Bill is like a he has a subscription to the theater. Like he gets <laughs> tickets. To He's every a patron. Show. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he has a front row seat. He does have a front row seat, and he saves a seat for Billy. Yeah. Do you think there's tickets or general admin? I think it's sort of under – well, like, those other guys try to sit up there towards the front, and they get kicked out. I think it's just understood the Cowboys get the best seats. And so that's probably general admin area, and then you pay for your box. Uh, even if it is reserved seats, I, I don't really think the theater staff are going to go back there and, and uh, enforce that. Can you imagine cleaning up that theater afterwards? I just don't, or like, uh, like, what do they make the ceiling out of? <laughs> like, like, how much plaster is up there? Working withstand a hail of gunfire every night. Yeah, I do think they were actually shooting guns up into the ceiling. Well, what else were they? Oh, like back then. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't think that so. That seems right? like just one of those things that didn't actually happen. Yeah, more like a movie world thing than anything else. I mean, I'm sure there's gunshots fired in that theater from time to time but i'm assuming it was usually aimed at a human being <laughs> yeah it could be uh, um anything else on this minute no um i i think uh i think we covered it pretty well uh so as as we move into next week we'll be getting out of that theater and we get to uh go to one of the famous scenes i'm pretty excited to talk about it with uh, yeah. a little showdown i think we have uh, one more minute here we see the end of the uh uh, spoilers we're gonna well i won't spoil it we will find out who is faust in the uh mm, in our next yes, minute yes um well I, one more note on this is i think ike clanton who we haven't formally met in this movie yet at one point just spits into a spittoon oh and yeah the there's, a makes, there's a lot of spitting there's a lot the sound it makes is so loud in the soundtrack yeah i don't that's not very realistic either probably part of not enjoying cleaning up that place oh, afterwards God, the spittoons terrible all right. Well, um, I just want to thank our listeners again. We're 30 minutes into it. If you've made it this far, I I am so happy. And uh, you know, we'll be follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, online. We're Tombstone Minute on everything essentially. So this is what six weeks. Um. Yeah, six weeks. That's wild. That is wild. 
Um, and uh, we will uh, be back next week with another episode. More content for you. That's right. Well, bye.